Today is the 8th of November 2020. We've come together to train our minds to bring them to peace so that they can come and gather into a state of samadhi. So why is it that we need to train our minds in this manner? It's because the nature of the mind is that it's an element that receives all of the various sensations. Um, And its duty or its nature is just to know. But what often happens is when the mind knows already, it goes and runs out. It flows outwards. It associates and uh, gets close to those sensations. When there's a sensation that is conducive to feelings of pleasure, then the mind will feel pleased. And if it's a sensation that is conducive to a feeling of displeasure, then the mind will be displeased. That all of the various emotions that come up in the heart, the lust, the anger, the delusion, this arises due to the fact that the mind knows or has received one of these sense impressions. And so sometimes these sensations are external, uh, but when they come in, but they come into the mind. And then the mind responds by giving rise to lust, to anger, and to delusion. So that's what often happens. Um, The mind goes and runs after all of these sensations. But their natural state, or their natural condition, is to arise, persist for some time, and then cease. But if our minds don't have stillness, then we'll, we won't see that. We'll always be chasing after them. The natural state of a heart, however, is just to know. The jitta, it's just its job, or its nature, is to be aware. Its nature isn't to be pleased or displeased. But this pleasure and displeasure that happens in the mind, it's a condition of the mind, or it's uh, something that the mind can give rise to, something that occurs within our minds. So we need, therefore, to practice and to train so that our minds gain wisdom. In order to do this, we need to bring up mindfulness, this uh, sati, recollection and sampajanya, this thorough all-round knowing. We also have effort in the heart, and this effort is what we use to burn up the defilements. If our minds aren't still, and they are lacking or deficient in samadhi, then they'll run after every sensation they experience. And when this happens, then we won't see the true mind. What we'll see is the proliferation that happens inspired by these sensations. 
there will always be a sense of me and mine coming up constantly. So this act of sitting in meditation is for the purpose of bringing our minds to peace. When our minds receive a sensation and they start to proliferate upon that, then if we do have foundation of peace, we'll be able to see that clearly. And through this knowing of proliferation, wisdom will arise. So we need to put our effort and focusing upon our minds. When we do this, um, then our sati will be aware of the actions of our minds um, as they happen, seeing everything that goes on, seeing all of the conventions that arise within the heart. We have mindfulness, uh, knowing all of this. And here, at this very point, is where we train ourselves. This is the jitta nupasana satipatthana, um, the foundation of mindfulness of the mind itself. What this means is that we have the internal uh, knowing nature teaching our hearts in order for wisdom to arise. The foundation of recollection that we have is this very mind. Whether we're standing, sitting, walking or lying down, we maintain awareness here at the mind, asking ourselves and knowing what this mind is like. When the mind is caught in liking, then we see it proliferate in that way. We know that there's a sensation that's come in and the mind is thinking about that. So therefore, we, or at that point, we use our mindfulness to teach our minds, telling them that these things are not sure, they're inconstant. And it's the same if the mind proliferates upon a feeling of dislike, we teach it, it isn't sure, it will change, it's unstable. If we're getting annoyed, then we teach our minds as well. So we're always doing this, continually instructing the mind, doing it without fail. Sometimes there is delusion present in the heart, and through this a sense of self, of me and other, will arise. At that point, then, we also use our anya to teach the heart, telling it that the self is unstable, it's unsure. And this is vipassana. If our minds have a foundation of samadhi, then this edification will be an easy process. Because the mind will receive what it's taught, it will listen and believe, and it will be able to abandon the things that it's clinging on to. But if the mind doesn't have that samadhi, or if the collectedness is not continuous, um, then as much as we may tell it, it just won't believe it, because we're just working from memory. So we need to train ourselves in maintaining peace of heart, and this is something that's very important and brings great benefit for us. As we do this, then both the body and the mind will feel very buoyant, and that is enough uh, for us to be able to contemplate, to be able to practice. 
sometimes doubts arise, and we also have mindfulness there over those doubts, watching them until they disappear. When anger comes up, then we're mindfulness there. We um, make sure our awareness is up to speed with these emotions, seeing them arise and then cease. So if there is anger and the mind uh, follows that, it runs with it, then it will also proliferate upon it, thinking angry thoughts. So we have to bring up uh, our mindfulness so that it is up to speed. It is aware of what's going on in the heart. And whatever it is that is happening, or whatever it is that we are doing, then we have this internal awareness the one who knows, taking care of our hearts, looking after them. And when the one who knows is in charge of the mind or looking after the mind, then delusions simply can't arise. But at the times when our mindfulness and samadhi is weak, then panya just can't arise. Sometimes we the mind uh, receives a sensation and there's this immediate clinging to it. But the truth is that that sensation just arises and ceases. It's something that doesn't stay forever. So all of the feelings that we've had of liking and disliking, of uh, pleasure and pain, happiness and suffering, or the anger, the love, the hate that we've had in the past, All of this has already um, ceased. It's all disappeared. There's no self there to it. And where is it now? It's just a memory that we have. But we attach to that memory and we take these things to be me. But in truth, they're not me. They're not mine. They're just a form of nature that has arisen and has ceased already. So we need to train ourselves in this practice. And in every stage, or every stage of the practice, is for the purpose of giving our hearts peace. So we make sure that sila, virtue, is the foundation of our practice and and of our lives. We have this virtue and also kindness and compassion as well. All of the uh, sublime abidings of kindness, compassion, sympathetic joy, and equanimity. And we also have um, restraint within the precepts. So sometimes it is possible to have kindness and compassion, um, but to also act in a way that will bring harm to other ourselves or to others. This shows that our sila is impure. For example, we may see a snake that's very hungry, and so we give it a mouse to eat. Um, we have this kindness towards the snake. We don't want it to suffer. But through our actions, um, another being dies. So this isn't correct. So therefore, our kindness and compassion needs virtue as its foundation. Sometimes we do have a mind that is imbued with kindness and is compassionate, 
Um, and our actions do result in the harming of other beings, but we just don't have the intention to do that. So we haven't broken any of the precepts. Um, this doesn't go against sila. For example, a doctor who is really um, trying to take care of a patient, they have their kindness and compassion um, for this patient, and so perhaps they perform surgery and things go wrong and they end up by harming the patient, but they never had the intention to harm, so they didn't break the precepts in any way. What they did is they wanted to help cure the patient of their suffering. Or at other times, the doctor may give a wrong diagnosis and treat the patient on that misunderstanding. But their treatment comes through kindness and compassion. They don't have any intention to harm the patient. So if our hearts are imbued with kindness and compassion, then we won't act in a way that is outside of the bounds of virtue. So therefore we shouldn't worry about our sila too much. Rather we establish the intention within our hearts very carefully and very well, so that we don't harm any beings. And in doing this, we automatically keep our precepts. It's not necessary to look at each and every rule or aspect of sila and go through it in that way. And that's what I used to do, that I would look through every uh, detail of the monastic rules and I would ask myself if I was pure in this one. But Lumpur Cha said that we don't have to do that. Rather, we should look at our intention instead. Because it's impossible for us to um, go through life without harming any being whatsoever. If we want to do that, then we won't move, we won't walk anywhere, because just in walking we'll be killing some beings. So instead we should keep a careful watch over our minds, knowing what intention we have. At other times, um, there may be a, a moat um, around a hut, like they have in Thailand, uh, to protect the huts from ants and termites coming in. They've got a water moat around it. And there may be uh, larvae, mosquito larvae, in the water. And so we want to clean the moat uh, and make our dwelling place tidy. We want to look after it. Um, and we don't have any intention to harm the beings. Rather, our intention is to make our dwelling place clean. And so if through the course of our cleaning some beings do die, uh, that doesn't go against sila. But if we focus on every little detail um, this can make our minds sad and upset, so we need to be cautious around that. 
We should take the looking, the observing of our minds as the main principle of our practice and caring for these minds. And this is citta nupassana. I'm watching our hearts continuously. So when our minds know and receive an object, um, then they'll proliferate. So we look at what's happened, um, knowing what's going on, seeing these things arise and cease, seeing that they're not self. There's no me, there's no other to it. That this mind is merely an, a knowing element. Um, but if it or rather, it's an element that knows, and it's no different from any other knowing element. There's no need or no use of separating them out, separating them out, saying that this knowing element is mine and that belongs to someone else. When we don't attach to it, then we just allow it to follow its own nature. And we can reach freedom, liberation through doing this through this practice of having mindfulness over the jitta. But sometimes um, we are aware of these things, but the kilesas are very active, and our mindfulness isn't strong enough. There can be a lot of liking and disliking, and they can appear with great strength. And at those times, we need to come back uh, to be mindful of the body, contemplating the body, seeing it as something that isn't beautiful, it's not attractive, it's inconstant, it's a heap of suffering. Eventually, the um, desire of our minds towards physicality will reduce, and then we can come back to contemplating the mind. So this is a very important form of practice, looking at our minds, knowing how it is that they are feeling, um, knowing what they're like at this moment. And if we can do that, then we'll see that all of the things that arise in the heart are inconstant. Whenever any sensation appears, then we look in the heart, we look at our minds as they start to proliferate, as they start to give rise to liking and disliking. But if they carry on doing that, if the mind just carries on thinking, it follows these emotions without stopping. And it shows us that um, our samadhi isn't well established. And the results that we'll get from practicing in that way are very little because wisdom just can't arise under those conditions. So we need to come back, we need to do our chanting again, look at the breath, recite Buddha over and over again, have mindfulness and bring up um, our sati a lot, and eventually we'll be able to look at the mind, to follow it well. If we want to just begin the practice by looking straight at our minds, and expect to attain to the Dhamma in that way. Well, that's possible for those who have a continuous, uninterrupted samadhi 
and the strength of that samadhi is great. They're able to look straight at their minds and see it with great clarity. Like the Arahant Subhata, he was looking up at the moon and noticed that when a cloud passed over it, then the brightness of the moon diminished. But when that cloud moved away, then the darkness uh, turned into light. He compared it with his heart and saw that when a, an aramana sensation came into the mind, then it would cover over the brightness of the mind. Because his samadhi was very firm and stable, there was great strength to his peace. He could see this with clarity. When the mind went and attached to a sensation, he saw what was going on, and this knowing gave rise to vipassana. He was able to perceive the mind as being merely a mind, and through this he attained to the stage of arahantship. This shows that his samadhi was already very full. It was enough to be able to attain uh, to Sotapanna, to Sakadagami, Anagami, and then Arahant in that moment. But for us, if our samadhi isn't to that strength, that degree of collectedness, um, then we need to develop it. So if we've developed it to the point where there's a feeling of buoyancy in the in both the body and the mind, um, this shows that our peace is enough for us to look at all of the uh, emotions and the sensations, to look at our hearts. But if we are lacking in samadhi, then wisdom just can't arise. If we want for wisdom to come up, we need to contemplate into this body seeing it as being elements that are comprised of emptiness. But sometimes the mind will be caught into a feeling of uh, satisfaction. So we need to teach it at that point, telling the mind that this isn't sure. And if, it believes, if the mind believes what we're saying, and it shows that we have mindfulness there. And whenever any sensation appears, in the heart, um, then we teach our hearts, seeing that this mind is just the mind, it's not a self. Right here is the practice of citta, nupasana, satipatthana. Um, and through this we gain uh, vipassana, insight in the mind. Whenever the heart follows after any sensation, we see its nature to arise, persist, and cease very clearly internally. Sometimes we can do this, but not every time. If we're able to, then we follow that method of practice. We look right at the mind. But if the heart doesn't believe what we're telling it, um, and it just carries on thinking, it carries on getting caught into liking and disliking, um, or these emotions, such as anger, they just go on and on without stop. It shows us that our mindfulness is too weak. 
it's not strong enough um, to engage in this practice of being mindful here at the jitta. So we come back um, to focus on the word Buddha reciting this, so look at the breath. And when our minds come to a state of peace, um, then we'll be able to gain better fruits from our practice. So we put our efforts into abandoning all of the sensations that appear within the mind. So there's one thing is the mind and another is the knowing of the sensations in the mind. And then next, the mind goes and gets involved with these sensations. So we need for this internal awareness, um, the one who knows to teach our minds not to attach to these things. And when we believe this, when the heart accepts that, we'll be able to attain um, to a fruit of the practice. And suffering just won't be able to appear at that point. Just like someone who is looking after a cow, they need their mindfulness and awareness there so that the cow doesn't go off and eat other people's crops. And if they uh, get distracted at any point, then the cow will immediately go off and eat the rice uh, in the fields. And so our minds are the same. Whenever a sensation appears and there isn't the presence of the one who knows to teach the mind, then the mind will follow and run after those things. Just as the cow will go and follow the rice. So we need this uh, internal awareness, the one who knows, looking after uh, our minds and taking care of them well. And this right here is the practice of Jitta Nupasana Satipatthana. So may everyone set your heart on this practice. <clears throat>